Welcome to Live to Grind. My name is Brennan T. Adams, serial entrepreneur, inventor, TV creator, and speaker, passionate about helping others create something great and become unforgettable. Join me each week to discuss practical ways to help you increase your income and impact as an influencer in your industry. My goal is to help you take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have John James. You know, John, actually, we met back at CBG School that is put on by Matt Pfeiffer, who's been on the show before, back in 2015, and he had spoke, and he had spoke how he was building a company. Well, let's just say that company, he ended up selling for over $100 million here, So John is a serial e-commerce entrepreneur. He started his first e-commerce business in his college dorm room in 1994, financed his medical school education with his proceeds, and since then built solid multiple business companies, including Acumen Brands. That's a company that he raised $100 million in venture capital and grew it to dominate the market. Um, He's actually uh, invested in other companies. Uh, One where he ended up, he talks about on the show, by the way, where when he, it was a a company that did tuxedos, rentals. And when he had started working with the company, they were doing about $5,000 a month. Let's just say two years later, they got acquired for $25 million. He talked about what they did to do that. He talks about how he's been able to for one, he's responsible for 90% of the capital raise in Arkansas over the past decade. This guy knows what to look for in businesses and how to raise money. He shares how he's raised money. So if you're looking to raise money, he will give you the plan. He'll talk about how he's generated leads. You know, he generated in six months. He made, by the way, he made this sound so easy. He generated 8 million Facebook fans for Country Outfitter in six months. He's also amassed 11 million email subscribers. This guy even got into blockchain. We talked about that a little bit. Um, his investment in Bitcoin and get into we get into Bitcoin as well. And he talks about just some of his A/B testing and doing um, some searches and how he's grown a company. Literally, he is a badass entrepreneur. That's really all I have to say. Like this guy's a badass. Now he's on a mission. He's building another company. He has a company called Engine, a cloudy. Uh, based e-commerce platform focused on creating the best experience for both merchants and consumers. He talks about that, which is his project that he's working on now. And you know, he's got a huge vision. I, you know, I'm putting out there right now, doing my projections. I guarantee you, what this guy does, he will. He's a billionaire in the making, and he's from Fayetteville, Arkansas, a place that I love dearly because I, you know, I when I went down there, I spent a lot of time with Matt Pfeiffer and uh, even the Amrines, Jeff Amrine, who's been on the show before. The atmosphere down there is amazing. I hope to uh, meet up with James in the near future, but I had the opportunity to interview him and bring him on the show. You guys are going to love this show. Definitely a must. John James is a great person, and you're definitely going to check out everything they're doing with Engine. And if you go to the show notes, you can see everything there. Just go to livetogrind.com. You can see everything in the show notes on this. But let's jump right into it. Let's jump right into it with John James. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Live to Grind podcast show. I'm Brendan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have John James, who is 
the CEO of Engine. Also, he is one of the founders of Acumen Brands. And this guy has, you know, I actually met him back, you know, uh, Matt Pfeiffer's been on the show before. I met him back, I think, 2014 at CBG Mm -hmm. School. Story was amazing. Everything he's done, a genius. I tell you, genius. And he's going to talk today about his journey and everything he's doing. John, do you remember that moment? Remember when you were you were speaking to the group there? And and I think I came up at the time I talked to you about Arctic Stick. I, I do. I remember. I remember that pretty vividly. You stuck out because you were this out <laughs> outgoing. Uh, uh, in a group of introverts, you stuck out. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely remember. Uh, how did that go? By the way, did you ever get that off the ground? Or? It's funny. I did. I, I actually it sells on Amazon and. It, it led me, that was my baby that led me to what I'm doing today. And I do a lot of video production and TV work now, but Arctic Stick was the beginning, my friend. I remember pitching that. I was like sleeping in my truck during that convention and, and I heard your story. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> but uh, it's cool to see where the journey gone. So let's, uh, let's jump back in time. I'm curious, John, you've shared with me before. Let's hear about where you got started in med school and how that led to the business with Acumen Brands and everything you're doing today. Yeah, I think uh, if you really look at it, I started in e-commerce in 95. So I actually built this little business selling quiz bowl questions, which is basically a four-on-four competition for nerds. And, you know, I was king of the nerds and we had won the state championship. And so I built this e-commerce business in 95 when browsers were barely even there. And that's how I paid for medical school. It was pretty neat. Nice. Yeah. So uh, fast forward four years, graduate from med school come back to Facebook and my brother came to me and said, John, let's sell barbecue grills online. And I laughed at him. I'm like, dude, I'm working hundred hour weeks. I'm about to have my first kid. I've got this little quiz bowl business. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But I was on call the next night and built grillstuff.com that night and called him and said, Hey man, uh, go to grill stuff. He, he did. And he said, this is great. Uh, let's build something similar. So, well, I did. I built it last night when I was on call. Here it is. Let's, let's build a business. Said, hey, if we did thirty thousand dollars in two thousand and two, we'd have a great year. We had a thirty thousand dollar day at the end of two thousand and two. So it Whoa. was, uh, yeah, we missed it by what three hundred sixty five x as far <laughs> as the potential. But you know, it was, it was wild and crazy. You could buy the word barbecue grill on Google for a penny or a nickel or whatever. Eventually, a dime, and uh, we built up a really nice business really quickly on that. Uh, moved from there into other uh, other verticals, and that's how I started. What were you selling? So, what were you selling? Like keywords was a big thing, but like, what were you actually selling online? Actual grills. So, we sold gas grills and replacement parts. Uh, we, I think, we were the number one retailer of Weber grills, uh, at least in a single location. Obviously, not as much as Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever. Yeah. But we got online before all those guys did, and we had a pretty good five or six or seven year run. Uh, before Amazon and Home Depot and Lowe's and Walmart and all those guys came in and uh, and basically knocked us off the pedestal, but it was a lot of fun while it lasted. So you you basically found a opportunity and mm-hmm. you ran with it. I mean, obviously Amazon came along, but you hit it fast. And how did you notice that trend? Just because you had tested something and all of a sudden, wow, we did a thirty thousand dollar day. Yeah, I mean, it was right place, right time. We had a source of the grills. My brother was the president of Sunbeam Outdoor Products, and he knew the president of Weber. And so uh, we were able to kind of daisy chain together a bunch of different suppliers. That, And I knew how to build a, a, an e-commerce site, which was hard back in 2001. And yeah, it was the arbitrage of nascent systems. That's how I've built everything that I've built. 
uh, and Google's AdWords was brand new. I mean, AdWords had been around, but it was on a CPM basis, and they had recently switched to a CPC basis. And so that's what we did. We, we were within months of Google switching to CPC, which, you know, the ability to arbitrage uh, a system diminishes as it moved towards perfection. And the system was very far from perfect at the time. And so we came in, paid a nickel and made like four bucks. It's hard not to, you know, it's hard not to make money that way. So what, what got you to transition for barbecue grills to doing boots? You know, I sold that business uh, at the end of 2008, uh, again, right around the time of the financial crisis. And as part of the deal, I, got, I, I kept this little business called Scrub Shopper. And so the goal there was to buff and polish this and sell out of that one as well and be completely done with e-commerce and, you know, play golf or something. <laughs> and, uh, and what happened, though, um, we, we transitioned Scrub Shopper over to uh, a different e-commerce platform we were building in-house. And... Um, brought in a guy named Terry Turpin to help me kind of buff and polish this thing. He was um, one of the first guys around the table, actually the first guy around the table at what is now Saatchi X. Uh, they built, what, 450 people and sold that business. And so Terry was going to be my head of operations, help me buff and polish this. And so we did that. And he said, well, let's open a second store. We, we have this software. And so that's what we did. We opened a second store, doubled the business from $3 million to $6 million of revenue overnight. Uh, and then we looked at each other like, well, let's open 20 stores and build a $60 million business. And that's what we did. We raised $3.5 million, $3.75 million uh, from Nora Mosley out of Atlanta. It was the very first e-commerce transa- or, uh, venture capital transaction in Arkansas in probably a decade. I didn't know it at the time. I'd bootstrapped everything. I didn't know yeah. it was hard to raise venture capital. <laughs> yeah, but that's what we did. That started the path. So that, you know, you made that sound really easy that you raised that much money. Uh, I mean, I'm like, whoa, that just a few million, you know, three, six million. Um, What, what is, so what was the process of you raising that money? And just for anybody out there that wants to raise money, it's, it's kind of (laughs) hard. Right. It's super hard. And here's what happened though. I I went and pitched what we were working on at uh, a venture capital forum, uh, now defunct, uh, out of Little Rock. Um, we used to get every, every two years, this thing would go on and, and I pitched and it was kind of a joke. I was just kind of gra- dragged down there. I didn't even want venture capital. So we made a pitch. I was actually late for the meeting with Nora Mosley and, and Alan Tatel, the guy that invested still gives me a hard time about this. Like you're not late for venture capital. Well, I was, um, and I had another one that, cause I was with another VC, uh, from, Memphis. And so we literally had two competing term sheets come in within 24 hours of each other. Um, and, you know, the first one had a valuation of $8 million on the company. And by the end of it, we had a valuation of $14.5 million. Wow. And all I did was sit there, sit there and play them off of each other. I had no idea what I was doing or, yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. 28 days later, we were closed and uh, I spent $2 million on robots uh, for our fulfillment center. So, yeah, and, and it's really what I, yeah, dumb luck. But you had a you had a proven system though. You had obviously shown right. that you've raised, you've done how much in revenue. So it's not just they're investing in some random idea. Right, right. Um, we were new to the venture capital scene. We were not new to business. We had a really good one. It was profitable. Uh, we had some really good intellectual property. We had a, a better e-commerce platform than any of the off-the-shelf systems that we had built 
you know, internally. So we, we were positioned well, just despite not knowing anything about venture capital, I guess. So what, what made you want to transition? Because you did your own business and I mean, you've raised a hundred million dollars total capital raise and responsible for 90% of the capital raise in Arkansas over the past decade. What made you want to go start raising money and investing in other products just because of your passion from yourself or what drew, drove you to do that? You know, we bootstrapped, um, you know, the, the grill business, the quiz bowl business, and one other one, um, I, I'd bootstrapped those, never taken outside capital. Um, and really the only way to scale up from two stores to 20 stores at Acumen was to take capital. Funny. And, you know, uh, we'd, we'd hit, a, uh, hit singles before, and I wanted to try to hit a home run. And um, we, we swung really hard and ended up hitting a triple and didn't quite make it home, but it was, uh, it, it was a really good experience. We, um, we, we got really lucky, uh, again, uh, another really early, uh, system developed. Um, so country outfitter was our biggest brand. It was cowboy boots and there were 135,000 searches a month on Google at the time. And so we were arbitraging those really nice, built a five or $6 million. No, it wasn't quite that big three or $4 million cowboy boot business. Um, but we saw 18.2 million what I call redneck women uh, over mm-hmm. on. And I can say that because I married one and I, I, I am a redneck. I mean, I'm my fiance probably bought boots from you. <laughs> yeah, pro- probably so. Um, <laughs> so 18.2 million women that liked country music, horses, rodeo, uh, hunting and fishing. And so we thought, Hey, uh, this is what an order of magnitude plus, uh, two orders of magnitude, bigger opportunity. And we figured it out. We figured out how to arbitrage Facebook, in the very, very early days of Power Editor, built up uh, 11 million email addresses, 8 million uh, Facebook fans, it literally in six months, less than six months. Um, and then that allowed us to raise the $93 million round of capital and, and sell the majority of the company. What? So you built it up in six months, but what was your strategy? Was it a lot of just your A-B testing, your 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 marketing? How six million in six months or what was it, eight million? Yeah, we, I mean, we were, um, so we went from zero Facebook fans to 8 million. Uh, the first Facebook fan we got was in June, I believe of 12. And then by January of 13, we had 8 million. And then the revenue on that business, we were four or $5 million total revenue across all our stores. Country Outfitter was doing a hundred thousand dollars a month. Uh, uh, and then it had a 14 and a half million dollar month six months later. So it 145x, I believe, in, in that period. Yeah, it was hair on fire. We had no idea what we were doing. We were just trying to fulfill all the orders at that point. It was you, nuts. You build up a, a massive brand audience in such a short period of time. What would be the biggest takeaway you learned or advice from that experience? Uh, we did it too quickly. Uh, I, I think if you look at the business, you know, we went from five people to 12 people. These are all A players. We went from 12 people to 30 people, all A players. 30 people to 50 players. Hey, this was great. Uh, when we went from 50 to 250 employees, I think is where we broke a lot of uh, systems down. We, we didn't have, we weren't able to keep the right culture. We weren't able to keep the right uh, knowledge going. And so, yeah, I think we were pretty lucky that we sold the majority of it in that transaction because afterwards it didn't, it didn't do super well uh, after, after we did it. So the biggest mistake we made, number one, was selling the majority of my company. And number two was scaling uh, way too quickly. We could have done it in a little more measured fashion, uh, for sure. But Hey, you don't, you never know I've never how, done it before. <laughs> how, how do you, yeah. How do you say that to somebody? I mean, if you're growing that fast, who doesn't want to grow? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a champagne problem, right? And um, it was just slightly too much. I mean, if we would have tempered it by, let's call it 20% on the hiring speed, we, we would have been just fine and probably done a lot better in the long term. But uh, all in all, I wouldn't trade it for anything. <laughs> <laughs> so based on, okay, all your experience now and, and when you're looking for somebody, let's say somebody's coming to you and I know you don't do a lot of investing now, but from your past experience, what do you look for? Like, what is the, the main thing that you look for in a product in a software and a program? And what's the number one thing mistakes that the other people do when they come to you? You know, it's about team in the very, very early phase. So I kind of look at um, the team. Is this an entrepreneur that can just run through walls and figure things out? And do I enjoy hanging out with this person? Um, and then the other thing, if it's an e-commerce business, is is lifetime value. So how many purchases per purchaser are you going to get? That was the biggest flaw uh, in, in Country Outfitter. And so it's one I've kind of probably over... Uh, judged for. People don't buy a lot of boots. And when they do, they're buying the brand of boot they love, Luke Casey or Justin or uh, Ariad or whatever. Um, and so I'm looking for a real brand that has real lifetime value and great gross margins and it just some level of stickiness. Um, uh, but yeah, we don't do a lot of that anymore. We were really proud. Minguin was the very first deal we did. They were uh, a tuxedo rental business out of Atlanta. Uh, they were doing what four or five thousand dollars a month of revenue. We moved them to Fayetteville, uh, helped them with uh, a little bit of marketing, helped them with some technology uh, on how the two marketing and technology fit together. And they sold the business for twenty five million dollars two years later. So it was a pretty good that was a pretty good run for us. That was our first investment out of Hayseed. When you get a company from $5,000 a month to selling for $25 million and two years later, like, what did you do? I mean, you just made it sound simple. This is just like you were when I met you three years ago. Like what, what is it that you did to be able to grow that brand so quickly? Like what were the two or three main things that helped it grow to selling 25 million? What's the customer funnel? Uh, really finding a way to get people in the funnel, nurture the funnel, and then convert them into into buyers. And in their case, um, you know, they'd go to wedding shows or they'd advertise on Facebook. Uh, uh, they'd find new brides, uh, and uh, new brides uh, are a year or so away from their wedding. And the tuxedo rental happens six weeks before the wedding, so we'd acquire that person, uh, nurture them through content marketing for a whole year. And then hopefully if we did our job right at the end of the transaction, Oh yeah, it's time to rent the tux, get it from Minglin. And you know, I make it, that's way oversimplified. There's a lot of magic that those guys develop through AB testing and, you know, a bunch of different things, but just incredible group of guys. Uh, I didn't give them much other than a groundwork to think around and they did all the real innovation. So it's a funnel building. It's, it's mm-hmm. getting your funnel of clients in the system and obviously nurturing that. Yeah. The bigger the top of the funnel, the better. And then the more that spits out uh, at the bottom of the funnel is actual purchasers, even better. And then they had a, a virtuous cycle after you purchased. Well, there were six or seven or eight groomsmen who were probably also going to get married. And if you gave a good uh, experience, then it kind of fed, fed upon itself. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty neat. So let's, let's talk about what you're doing today. I mean, I know you're very excited about this with your new company for engine. Uh, so cloud-based e-commerce platform focused on creating the best experience for both merchants and, and consumers. What, what was the inspiration for this? Why did you want to create this? And what are the, some of the things you're doing today? You know, we've been building e-commerce software for, 
gosh, 20 years now. And um, when you look at the off-the-shelf systems, they're just not very good. The last two or three years, we, we built uh, for our own portfolio companies and then several as, as clients, we built a ton of e-commerce sites on Shopify, a few on Magento and, and some of the others. Oh, we had a terrible experience doing it. Like, if we could only do X, this would be great. If we could only do Y, this would be fantastic. And we just kept running into, I think we had a list of 56 different deficiencies we found in these platforms. Like they're all, it's death by a thousand cuts. It's not like one thing that stands out. And so that's what we sought to do is build the e-commerce platform we would like to have uh, as developers and uh, and take some of that magic special sauce that I described with Country Outfitter and Minklin and build in into the system. Uh, so it's both a, a, a good platform that's technically sound, but also has the how do you grow your business built into the backbone of it. So how are you getting that out there? Because obviously there's a lot of things that people are used to. How right. do you get them to go to your product versus everybody else that have an established brand that's been here for years? Well, we start with Brandon Adams, right? You know, we get on <laughs> podcasts and uh, and this and just tell the story. I, th- I think we've got a pretty compelling story. And and what I've always said is if we can get in front of somebody with our story and uh, really not me, but our, our CTO, Jim and Blake and, and the other members of the team, if we can get them in front of that, we, we win almost every deal. And so really, I think it's just being authentic and going out and telling our story and then telling about the solution and saying, hey, do you have this problem? Yeah, we did too. And here's how we fixed it. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously a combination of that plus uh, our algorithmic marketing and uh, and everything we have in-house too. So So what's your vision with this? What what do you see? Like if we're going to look into the future for two years or not, I'll say two years because you can do things quickly. Um, right. what, what, what do you see it looking like? Yeah, we want to be the biggest e-commerce platform on the planet. Um, Shopify is a publicly traded company worth $12 billion. So I realize that's a bit of a audacious thing to say. But at the same time, I feel like um, some lessons we learned in the last one can help us get there. Uh, in the end, I just want to build great software and the, and the market, I think, will, will determine itself on, on how big it ultimately is. But you know, our goal is a publicly traded entity uh, that stands alone and uh, is kind of the fourth pillar of Northwest Arkansas in that regard. Do you see yourself, so you want to go public, I was going to say you see yourself getting acquired? You know, we're, we're not idiots. If someone comes along and offers us a ton of money uh, in, in an early phase, um, but again, good good companies are bought, not sold. Meaning, if you build something great, someone's going to come to you and offer you money rather than how do you spin something to make it look like you're. You know, I'm not in that game. I mean, it's, it's probably a good game to play, but I don't know how to play that. Yeah. One. So I'm curious to hear your insights. So right now, obviously, there's a lot of things going on with the blockchain, um, <laughs> with with tracking things and. And it's, it's very interesting how, I mean, just how it's going to disrupt the interest, the industry completely. Let's talk about blockchain. What, what do you see it doing? Um, your insight from your background, what do you see blockchain doing for uh, different companies and just online? You got to start with a story here. So about four, year, four, four and a half years ago, I put $12,500 into Bitcoin. And I forgot all about it. You know, I mean, I, uh, I read about the technology. I was like, oh, this is going to change the world. What's this Bitcoin thing? How do you do it? I mean, I think it took me like two days to figure out how to actually buy this stuff. And so I tell my wife about a year ago, I'm like, hey, we need to talk. And, you know, that's usually a bad thing. I'm like, hey, um, we've got this cryptocurrency that 
um, I bought a while back and it's kind of worth a lot of money. What should we do? And she's like, sell, sell, sell. Wait, what is cryptocurrency? And so I think that's where we are in, um, in, in the whole cycle is my wife has a She's brilliant, but didn't have a clue what this was a year ago. And so to see it now as one of the most pervasive topics, it's very, very interesting. I think it is the future. I don't think Bitcoin's the future. I don't think it's um, you know the world's uh, second largest currency at any time in the future. But I think the applications you can build really off Ethereum and some of the other new ones um, are going to be pretty groundbreaking. I didn't answer well, your question, but I talked. No, so, no, no. Did, yeah. Well, first quick question. Did you sell your Bitcoin? You know, I did. The first thing I had to do is explain what it was. She said, what is cryptocurrency? I said, all right, Alex, our 10-year-old, imagine him playing the Smurfs game on his iPad. And she said, okay. She said, in that game, uh, there's Smurf berries, and that's the currency you use to buy stuff in this game. I said, Bitcoin cryptocurrency is Smurf berries, but in real life. And so she said, yeah, sell it. Uh, So I sold two-thirds of it at that at that point, I uh, made a, a good amount of money. Uh, I sold two-thirds of it uh, last June, and then I sold two-thirds of it again uh, about a month and a half ago, literally at the absolute peak. So, yeah, I'm down to, what, two-thirds times two-thirds? I mean, I, I have, what, a tenth of what I bought in the very early days, but pretty neat. Do, do you feel like you think Bitcoin's here to stay, or go, uh, what are you, your projections on it? Um. There will be a cryptocurrency that uh, becomes one of the two or three or four largest uh, currencies in the world. I, I don't think it's Bitcoin. I think it's got a lot of scaling issues. But uh, who knows? It may be one being founded in somebody's basement today. I, I really don't know. Let's go back to blockchain. So what's the importance of blockchain and why it matters? It's the trust layer of the internet, and that's what's important. Is uh, today you have uh, you know the most valuable companies in the world, banks uh, that are really just taking a, a vigorous off the top of every transaction. What two percent to go run your credit card at Walmart? That's ridiculous. The reason I think that two percent is to say, hey, yeah, John James has this money. We trust him. He is who he says it is. Give him, give him his groceries. Um, that's not worth 2% of the transaction. So uh, the trust layer of the internet, uh, done correctly, peer-to-peer, should get rid of, what, 2% of the friction in the economy if done correctly. So, that, I mean, that's the first use of it. There are dozens of aspects of e-commerce uh, that we're thinking around. We're not starting to build in the engine yet, but I think there's, jeez, uh, in every uh, every phase, phase of business from financial to, e- to retail to whatever, I think blockchain has a role in the next decade. I agree. I agree. I think it's completely changing how we look at things and track things specifically, be able to track things in real time. Uh, so with everything you've experienced, John, and where you, you see things going in the future, what would be your advice for anybody that's looking to start an online company um, and to have success with it in the next one to three years? You know, you've got to start with a great product, and uh, that goes without saying. Um, so assume you have a great product. We've got to figure out who your customer is and how to go get them into that funnel. Those are probably the two most important things. Great product, um, great margins, great everything, great lifetime value, whatever. But then the second thing you got to think about is how to get these people down through my funnel and find them in the first place. If you don't have the answer to both those questions, you're probably up a creek. 
<laughs> That's some good stuff. Well, where can people, John, where can people find you? Where can they find you for your company or any, anything that you got going on? You know, uh, engineinsights.com is our, uh, is our blog uh, that has my personal contact information. You can always find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm pretty responsive when, when you know, random strangers reach out to me with a compelling uh, reason to talk. And um, yeah, pretty easy to get a hold of. Well, any last words before we go? No, thanks for having us here today. I'm so excited. I want to come back in in six months or a year and kind of update you on what we've built and uh, and check back in. Um, it, it's it's super fun working in this entrepreneurial ecosystem to go from nothing to what it is in our general area. And uh, and you know, I, I'm excited about running a company again. So thanks for letting me tell the story. Yeah, well, congrats, man, and uh, stay a few minutes after we'll talk. Uh, but uh, everybody listening, definitely everything John James is doing, I, I've seen it. He's grown companies. He's sold them. He knows what he's talking about. He's I what I call a genius. Um, so go and follow him, everything he's doing. And as always, you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brendan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show with John James. Wow, this guy knows his stuff. He makes it sound easy, doesn't he? It's like, okay, we built this company, we sold it for $100 million, and you know, I raised easily within like, I don't know, it was a month, he said he raised like $6 million, and it built the valuation up, and then he ended up building a $60 million company. Like, this guy knows how to scale things. And I always say, find somebody who's achieved what you want to achieve, learn from them, follow in their footsteps. John is somebody you want to reach out to if, if you get the chance. If I mean, this guy, if you could get him as a mentor, would be amazing. And everything he's doing with his new company, check out everything. If you go to our show notes at livedegrind.com, check out everything. They have all the details about their new company, Engine, which I'm putting out there right now. I project that this will be a company that will be acquired for over a billion dollars. It's a billion dollar company in the making. I believe in everything John's doing. He thinks big. He does things at a high level. He's a genius. I seriously am saying he's a genius. Like This guy blows my mind when he opens his mouth and how easily he talks about all this. And it was funny even to see, too, about the Bitcoin. Now, he had invested in Bitcoin a long time ago, and he still has a little bit of Bitcoin. I'm curious your thoughts. What do you guys think about Bitcoin? If you have any thoughts for me, uh, I'd love for you to snap me on Snapchat, BTAdams18. Are you invested in Bitcoin? What do you think is going to happen? There's a lot of controversy right now. I can tell you the blockchain is here to stay. The blockchain is a high, it's a technology that is going to change everything. And being an advisor for ShipChain, the company ShipChain, uh, blockchain, we're able to use that to utilize everything and, and be able to decentralize the transportation, the logistics system. You know, with this company ShipChain, you know, it's been cool to be a part of this, to see everything. It's really got me more into the blockchain and understanding it. I can tell you, if you haven't done research on blockchain, check out blockchain, do some research, and just know that you, you're experiencing history. We're experiencing a new time in technology with everything, and I'm just, it's cool to say that I'm a part of it and to get 
to see things happen in real life. And uh, for anything you're doing in business, you want to try to stay ahead of the curve. You want to see what's coming. What is a trend? Just like John James did. He he saw an opportunity when he had got, what was it, five cents uh, for a click that resulted in a $4 sale. Like It's amazing what he did. And he saw an opportunity, and well, that lasted for a short amount of time, but when he had it, he knocked out of the park. For you, what are the opportunities that lay in front of you that you can get in early, you can crush it, and then obviously when that opportunity is gone, it's gone, but you go on the next opportunity. So what opportunities in front of you now that you can crush it in and make a lot of money? Think about that. That's what I want to challenge you with this week. If you have anything for me, just send me an email, brandon at brennantadams.com. We're in Austin, Texas now. We're traveling, and, well, we're here for filming our show, Success in Your City. We're excited. All you Austin entrepreneurs out there, reach out to me. I'd love to see you. But until next time, y'all, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Bernie C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. 